Hi, I'm Nikki Schrera, and you're listening to The Insider, the Jazz Sessions spin-off series where I chat to jazz industry experts about the nuts and bolts of the business. Lesson one, basic hip. Today's guest is Sebastian Scottney, the editor and founder of London Jazz News, an online site that publishes a daily flow of news, previews, reviews, and interviews. The archive of published articles now stands at over, well over 8,000 pieces, and the publication involves a substantial team of contributors. Seb is also a freelance writer who has penned reviews for the Arts Desk, liner notes for artists like Larsa Nielsen, biographies for musicians like Michael Volney, and was a feature contributor to Jazz Lineup on BBC Radio 3 from 2015 to 2017. I should also add that he loathes the verb penned, yet I use it in defiance. Seb, welcome to The Insider. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's such a pleasure. Let's jump right into it. Tell us why you started blogging. It was a blog originally back in 2009 about jazz for what would become London Jazz. Um, I think that I'd, I mean, a, a, another opportunity that I had, I'd been running a, a professional skills course at one of the conservatoires and was actually very disappointed when that um, came prematurely as I saw it to an end. Um, and I was looking around for other things that were to do, and, and uh, this seemed like a just starting a blog. I remember writing to three or four people and just saying, I've had a rush of, of blood to the head and, and started a jazz blog, and uh, it's kind of gone on since then. I mean, that was January 2009. Um, the very piece, first piece that I wrote was a preview um, rather than a review, because I think that's an interesting, in a way, it's an interesting form of the, that you're actually what you're looking forward to a gig to happen in a gig, you know, explain, trying to explain it to somebody who doesn't necessarily know what the artists do, um, why you're excited and what, what it might be like when you get there. I think um, that's a form that always really interests me. I mean, in the, in the longer term, I mean, I'd had another career um, and I think that I wanted to find a way in my um, yeah, early 50s, late 40s, early 50s, into the arts and cultural world, having done other stuff. And I think I had had a go at uh, what I now call in my extreme sport, which is applying for jobs in culture. And I always, I had a CV that was sufficiently interesting that I would always get onto the final selection round but then was never a good enough match for the criteria that they were looking for and also i mean these jobs are in very short supply and so i although i had the illusion of being under consideration for jobs actually in reality i was never i mean i wasn't right probably wasn't right anyway and it was through kind of getting going with the writing that other things have kind of have happened and uh i it wasn't long before I found other people who were interested in contributing things, and um, some writers have been with us for a very long time, right, right since 
the beginning. I quite like teamwork and quite like that kind of vibe and, you know, getting contributors in. But also, I mean, we've built a quite a good core team. So, the, I mean, one of our main kind of feature things is the newsletter, which lands on people's inboxes at eight o'clock UK time on a Wednesday morning every week of the year, apart from maybe Christmas. Um, and that, for that, we do something which I think is quite rare, which is that we aggregate um, stories that are coming from other sources. It's not just about what we've published. It's about getting the word out uh, about other things that have maybe appeared elsewhere. And that, you know, I mean, there are about 5,000 recipients to the newsletter. It has a 50% open rate. Um, and, and, and I noticed that it kind of, it, it fulfills a valuable function. A lot of work goes into it. It's a, it's a team effort to make it to happen. I get thanked for it, but I know that there are some wonderful colleagues um, who are contributing things late into the night to make it happen. And I feel blessed, and particularly in the pandemic, and we've kept it going without interruption. And the, the the efforts that my colleagues have gone to are something that always feel I've always feel very lucky to be part of, really. Well, I mean, I definitely think of London jazz as being a sort of community fixture, a jazz community fixture. And part of that, I think, is because your coverage, the title of the publication aside, London Jazz, it's incredibly comprehensive and incredibly global, which isn't always the case. A lot of publications, depending on which country or city they stem from, can be quite insular. And London Jazz, partly because, as you say in the Wednesday you know, newsletter, you're bringing in other articles that have been published on other platforms about jazz. But even just London Jazz's cover by itself, you're looking at musicians from all all over the world. And so I love how sort of outward looking and outward reaching it is in that respect. Well, you say you're giving me lovely compliments and you know I appreciate it. And it really, it's a lovely thing to be recognized for that kind of thing. I mean, part of that is that, I mean, my background, the university education was in languages and I've always been, had the good fortune that those can open other doors and make other things happen, you know, and that um, I, you know, if you, you happen to be able to speak a language and communicate properly with people in their own language, it, it does open doors and it gives you a, a broader outlook. And I mean, you know, the, the, the reality is that sometimes in particular, I mean, you know, I'll give you an example is that I've been asked to be um, on jury panels in Germany long before I was asked to do that kind of thing in the UK. Um, and it's nice to be called on to do to do these things. I, I mean, a, a particular lovely moment was when Jazz Ahead had a, I was the only non-native German speaker asked to give an international perspective for their 15th anniversary celebratory evening. Um, and that was, you know, I mean, they put a lot of work into it to try and balance it up and to get quotes from from people as to why they appreciated jazz ahead but it did open up a different perspective for them it's being you know otherwise it was a you know the a, a succession of of people in the scene in germany and to be able to talk to them in their own language about their own things and it, you know I, I i like that i like to you know um the things that, that cross borders are interesting i mean during the um the pandemic and the lockdown i've become a complete fiend on Duolingo. And I have just wanted to get a, a just a, in some cases, just a kind of 
smell or a or a, a, a feel for for the for different languages and and how they how they function and the kind of joyous sounds you know and you you discover i mean i i i got going with polish at one point i did a month on polish and discovered that that quite how natural the rhythms the musical rhythms are when when poles speak to each other it's an a, astonishing thing you know and and just just other i mean the moment i'm i'm enjoying myself with probably the hardest thing i've tried which is finish um and uh you you are you know there there are all sorts of uh um things that 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 come up i mean i've you know i mean the finns are another i mean there's another language with extraordinarily natural musical rhythms in the in the in the speech and things you know i mean i love the 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 sound of a of a of a finnish choir you know it's just like nothing else that you'll ever hear and that you know this this interest and these ears for languages i i can actually i mean i'm quite a good mimic and i can sound as if i know what i'm talking about in another language even if i i don't really know what i'm talking about at all but that's another that's another story well, you clearly have a musical ear and it I take my hat off to you because the only Finnish I know is N and Kaikia and those are words that were both learnt from Border Town, which is a Netflix show. So moving swiftly along, <laughs> how has the jazz landscape changed the world over in the last, well, what are we now, 12 years? And what effect does that have on the work that you do at London Jazz and also as a freelance writer? I think, yeah, no, that's a good question. And and I, I think that the, the, the key to it is that, um, well, I mean, the means by which we consume music um, have clearly changed. Um, and the fact that, you know, the, the natural way to go and listen to something is just to press the press play and you're straight away listening to whatever it happens to be um has you know massively changed the 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 way that consumption plans you know and um but i i can't help thinking that the same um you know these are minority musics and if one is looking i'm looking more at the function and the place that i try or that we try to occupy which is to ensure that good reliable interesting colorful stories get out about music that we value um and i I would like to think that that's a kind of common thread in everything that we do and and that you know is you know what, what what you start to think what you're there for and um so you know, given the opportunity, that's what I try and do, and that's the kind of you know. And I think it, it starts off with a with a respect for the for the musicians and uh, respect for people who've got ears and and valuing the kind of musical the judgments that are coming out of a musical community, um, and respecting and, and valuing people who know that they want to change and develop and have a an appetite and a hunger for new stuff. So that all kind of changes. I think that, I mean, the, the yeah, I mean, the, there is always a, an aspect of where, where is the mainstream? What is the one that kind of gets the, you know, what is the outlet that gets more numbers? Where is the effort put in? What is of more value? I mean, it, it's kind of, um, I sometimes think that um, there are, um, you know, publications that have a wider reach and that's something 
thing that I live with and I, I just go on and do what I do and maybe it gets noticed and maybe it doesn't, but I think that doesn't diminish the value of having tried to locate what the right words are and the right stories are to, to talk about it. So, um, no, I mean, I, I, I've, uh, you'll probably come on, you put in your introduction, I've got into the business of writing biographies, sleeve notes, press releases, that kind of thing. And I, that's a task that absolutely fascinates me because what you're doing there is you're trying in partnership with an artist to create maybe, well, you hope the best story that can be told about them and about their, 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 their work and, and doing that in a way that they can see is reflects authentically what they're trying to achieve. Um, and, you know, that's what writers can do you know i you know i i, I see you know we if we put on the subject of biographies of, of musicians you know there are you know that you, there is there are some forms of that that listing form of you know looking opera houses you know about all the opera houses they've performed in and what roles they've done is there's just a very boring list and doesn't really encapsulate what 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 people do um, so I'm always challenged. I mean, I, sometimes I, I mean, in one case, I, I've, I've been working as a translator mainly out of German. And in some case, I will um, find a, 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 a German press release that I'm given to translate. And I just go back to the person who's commissioned me and say, I don't think this is the right story. <laughs> I just, I think there's a better story. And please, can I tell it? You know, and that kind of then gets me I climb up the food chain from being the translator of other people's words to being the writer um, in the hope that, that, you know, maybe that's arrogant and competitive boy stuff, but, you know, it's the idea that one can tell a, a, a better story um, and a more, more authentic story than, than has previously been told. Well, that, that leads me, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is a well-worn kind of path, because I think that what often happens, probably more in pop music, and more deliberately in pop music, is that people are recognised for certain tropes, for certain ways of performing. And what the um, writers do is basically just remind, remind, repeat, repeat these same tropes that have been out about a musician for the, or about a, a pop artist for the last 20 years. And that kind of then gets stuck in the mind. Oh, she's the one who does that or she's the one who you know and, and and it's not sometimes not necessarily to do with um uh the music it's to maybe something in their in their private life or something like that but i mean i give it i mean i i there was a period with where for particular reasons i was reviewing a bit more pop i have less pop culture than probably anybody else has appeared on your show nikki but i was reviewing dido um, and what I noticed was that the track that they'd used as a single for a kind of comeback album was more or less a pastiche of the vocal uh, tics, T-I-C-S, that she has, uh, basically so that the public, not hearing her again after four years, would know instantly that it was kind of trademarked. And that I see as, as, a, as a kind of tool of music marketing. And I see it, you know, I, 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 I am a huge admirer of Marius Nesset, and I can't see how anybody could be anything else. He is an absolutely astonishing talent. 
But I do note that in one review, when he was 31, uh, he was being called a wunderkind. The saxophone wunderkind, Marius Nesser. And I just thought, how long is that going to go on? You know, he was well, he was a wunderkind at 17. Is he still a wunderkind at 31? Question mark. You know, in other words, it's that reinforcing of already known tropes about an artist and, and, and that that's kind of what what maybe what what happens a lot is that people kind of you know yeah and it's easily done and, and, and you know whereas i i suppose i'm more interested in some combination of what my ears are telling me and what i know a musician is trying to do to actually then locate and describe that and that that whole process interests me you know we're all in this sector for different reasons and I guess those are mine. subject of biographies telling a story, press releases telling a story. Before I hit record and we were officially on the record, we did start, I started telling you it's been fascinating being on this side of not enemy lines, but industry lines, I should say, because I'm now privy to the slew of press releases that come my way daily. And it's a privilege to get to wade through them and get to listen to everything. And I told you, I, I definitely try, even if it's five seconds, 10 seconds uh, or longer. But it is interesting just from a literary reading superficial perspective, because you're gonna read the press release before in all likelihood, you click on any links that take you to the audio assets. In reading the press releases, what piques one's interest? What makes you click and say, oh, this might be right up my alley. And you were saying, because obviously these press releases come your way, because everybody wants coverage in some respect, whether it's a gig that's coming up, a performance, whether it's an album they want reviewed, whether it's something they want previewed. And you were telling me a little bit about um, Catherine Ford's, I hope she won't mind me mentioning her name, Catherine Ford's Monday mail out that goes out to London jazz contributors. So can can we speak, can you speak a little bit about that on the record? Yeah, absolutely. I. I mean, I think where, where, with reviewing, what I'm trying to communicate with or trying to be in dialogue with is people's genuine enthusiasms. I mean, just about, yeah, all of our reviewers are essentially volunteers. I'll, there's an, there is an exception to that, but I'll come back to that. Um, and 
I want people to basically, we, we, she sends out a list, which may, might be 45 or 50 uh, things that we've been offered during the course of a week. And it is then the system works and people just grabbing first come, first serve what they want. Um, and there are um, sound samples that they can listen to and so on. And what one I hope that I that, that does, you know, if you're being critical of what we do, then we're basically we're reducing fan reviews. But I think what what, what I want to do is for people who are genuinely enthusiastic, straight knowledgeable about a particular artist to be able to kind of situate what the album is about and so on. And that um, to have that kind of broader group of people who will take on stuff um, is always an interesting process. I mean, I, I, I supplement that in two ways. One is that if there's a particular thing that I feel that we really like reviewed, um, that I then go around to specific individuals and ask them if they could possibly be interested. Um, and also, I think there are times, I mean, there are musicians that I know, and I think Liam Noble would probably be the prime example of that, who write so well and so knowledgeably um, that I you know, will occasionally put a small fee into asking a musician to, to review something, because I think I just, I'm just personally interested in in what their perspective might be what their ears are, are telling them about stuff because I, I I think that's part of the kind of ethos of the site the site is that respect for musicians and what musicians ears tell them you know and uh, I am um, pleased to have though that variety of, of, of voices around when you read something Seb that you enjoy whether it's a review by someone else or a different publication or a biography and you think cool, that's a really good, well-written biography. What is it that is speaking to you? And this is a very general question, I realise, but like when you read something, what is it that is good about it that has made you enjoy it? I think, I mean, there are, there's just such a thing as kick-ass writing, really, um, in, all, in all areas. You know, you just, and you kind of know it, when you see it, that it, it it's that it's it will tend to be a kind of I mean there's a sequence and a and a and a flow and a a, a, a power to it, you know. I mean I I um, like reading. I will always read what Richard Williams has written about music. Um, he's an astonishingly experienced writer and knows masses about the the background and. Uh, I, you know, we work, We have the very great privilege of working with John Fordham, who is another one who just just writes like a dream. And and you know, I mean, I, I, people develop. I mean, the way that people um, uh, sometimes. I mean, I'm always. We have a writer, Alison Bentley, who writes for us, who is a singing a singer and singing teacher, and gets right under the bonnet talking about the, the you know the the, the the technical things that have been put into the music and I'm always interested by that you know I, I, I don't know it'll be there'll be different things that that, that that spark interest in different cases but uh, I mean a, you know a good a good a good writer is a, is, is a good writer and uh, I don't know I, I, I'm always the, the, the it's always interesting if you if you're writing the liner notes and the press releases to see the extent to which those ideas are then kind of providing the agenda for the uh, for the reviewers to to pick up 
you know, I mean, you, I, I, I sometimes think that you know there is almost an obligation um, for people to just you know to have a piece about something there, and there are some things where I mean, you know, when it go Maria Schneider's Data Lords, I think every word that could possibly be expended have been expended about it. Um, uh, was expended about it. They, they, it was written about massively, um, and and justifiably as well. Uh, I thought the best one of those was David Haidu. Uh, I thought he just his was just a perfectly balanced piece of prose. I mean, my lame claim to fame there is that I actually did appear on the Pulitzer Prizes website with but with a couple of sentences from my review, which felt like I'd sort of floated up to heaven at one point, which was rather nice. But you know, there are. Um, yeah, no, I enjoy good. I enjoy good writing about music, and and there are, you know, we had recently um, Russell Davis writing about having had um, the Ellington Band in Cambridge in the sixties. That was a, a lovely piece, you know. Um, yeah, I mean that's the for me. I mean the real the joy of being in the position that I'm in is is some of the things that kind of land um, pieces that we that we've had in. I've quite enjoyed. Um, the business of celebrating people's birthdays. Um, so uh, we're going to be calling on you, obviously, when Norma is 80 later in the year. But we did Henry Lowther uh, back in about a few weeks ago. And to see, you know, a number of people just describe from the heart why they valued Henry Lowther and who he is. It was almost like a biography there because of so many important parts of his life were kind of evoked and things. I like those. That's a form which is let's wish somebody a happy birthday. Big time, you know. I mean, almost like because I, I think there's a there's a side to the British um, jazz community which is sometimes self-deprecating and doesn't really stand up to its full height. And therefore, just to say, this is something of real value. This is something of you know, uh, you know, the, these people, what they have achieved, what they are achieving, what they represent in terms of you know, that, that their contribution to, to the life, either as influencers or as teachers and things. And I think that to me is is, is the core because it's so often forgotten. Um, I've, I've strayed miles from your question, Nikki. Apologies. No, no, it's fine. I mean, I was going to say in terms of celebrating birthdays, that's such a nice uh, vehicle or vessel to have because really the counter of it is that unfortunately it's horrible but we're swimming in obituaries and you get often the same sentiments but the problem is the person is no longer with us and cannot read them and enjoy them so why not offer up those tributes in terms of somebody coming of a, a new age and turning a year older so that they can actually read them and enjoy them while they're still here which seems to have a lot you know more purpose to it <laughs> yeah, i think that's the counter yeah, you're right i mean there's a lovely story about Henri texia who was given a lifetime achievement award and there's a wonderful french expression which is it smells of pine which basically means they're putting me in a coffin aren't they you know or they're, they're you know they're, they're sending me upstairs already you know it's uh uh, and I have to thank a lovely writer about music who's called Annie Jan Beckian for pointing that out to me because uh, from the French Revolution onwards they made coffins in France out of pine and it's just a glorious expression, you know. Yeah, that is yeah. wonderful. I, I will add, I mean, anything that you've referenced here, uh, Richard Williams, who I know has his own blog, 
um, Russell Davies's piece on the Ellington ban and everything. We'll put links in the show notes so that people can then, you know, go and click and, and read and experience what you're talking about. I will add that by the time this interview has aired, they will have also been privy to an interview with Maria Schneider, where we do talk a little bit about Data Lords, but we also just talk about the breadth of her work over the last 10 years, because that's the last time she was on the jazz session. So while Seb has weighed in as to which reviews of Data Lords he thinks are the best, I will say that I'm sure you will find the most favourable podcast interview with Maria here on this platform. Of course, this is said unbiasedly. to ask you full disclosure we are friends and I'm a very fair weather writer for London Jazz and have been now for probably about 10 years and we often share reviews and things that we've written with one another we'll discuss them maybe we'll have a little bit of a gossip on private communication channels but we do also talk about jazz in in quite a critical way with one another and not critical in a malicious sense but in an analytical way because that's something I think we both enjoy and when you find somebody who shares that interest with you then it's great because you have this wall to bounce off your analysis with theirs and compare and contrast and so forth. Where do you feel and we often talk about mostly reviews where we'll say oh that was really what a vanilla review or it's simply a regurgitation of a press release which you know maybe you've written which must be very funny to see that get copied and pasted where do you feel the line is between writing about something in a kind of factual way i guess it should always be unemotional so i won't say unemotional and writing about something in a more perhaps analytical, critical, if you want to call it that way. Where is that line for you? I don't know. I think that the main thing is, is does it increase the understanding and the give more context? I, um, I think, uh, I don't think there are any hard and fast rules, really. I, I mean, I, I suppose I have a, 
uh, a rule always in my mind, um, which is that I would never write something that I wouldn't say to somebody's face and that kind of um, colors what you do. I think that you can, if you, there are people who quite enjoy the business of just sort of slagging things off for whatever reason it happens to be. Um, and I would always try to balance that with a, you know, if it's a disappointment, then it's because you know that somebody is capable of, of a lot more and, and has been capable of a, of a lot more. And that, you know, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult, it, I, I spend ages kind of balancing those things up, you know, and trying to um, make sure that what I see as the intrinsic strengths of somebody are, um, are, are, are still visible. I don't think that, uh, there's no hard and fast rule. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, it's the, the number of articles that we have sitting there is now more or less 11,000. And um, at any point of, of day or night, anybody can take issue for any reason that they choose to with any part of any sentence in any one of those pieces. And I would, I would feel grateful when I'm not curating someone else's uh, vitriolic little row about things. You know, I, I, don't, I don't need, um, I mean, there are both, sorry, there are writers, there are websites who kind of invite controversy and who love to spread a story. You know, um, there is a, a yeah, there, there are controversialists around. Um, and I start as a, you know, starting point i was brought up um well i mean racially i'm my mother was, was jewish but i was brought up as a quaker and you know what that is teaches you to believe in is that there is that of god in everybody that if you're looking for the divine you don't look on clouds or in gospels you look in people and that colors the way that i think about things so you know you're it's having that respect for people is is incarnate and i i, I don't think i want to see, you know, well, the fact is that there are, you know, they, they, this is an uneven world. I mean, I sometimes I go and hear a bass player and I'm thinking the next five bass players I hear are not going to be as good as this person, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I mean, it's just, there is a, there are, you know, there are degrees of, of wonderful, you know, um, and I think we, we know that and that's quite a hard thing to, to reflect. Um, and some there is, you know, what you were talking about is, I mean, there's a, a kind of marketplace of names that become valued versus where somebody with a musical ear will perceive value as, as residing, you know. In the time, the brief time when I was indulging myself writing pop reviews, I found myself reviewing Mariah Carey uh, and I came away from a combination of conversations with people who people whose judgment I trust and my own ears and, uh, and looking at um, billboard charts of, of particularly of producers and composers of uh, what a, a, an undervalued musician she is, you know, on a kind of, you know, a, a, and then I, I also found myself reviewing Robbie Williams. And I have to say that I found that the inverse was true, that I think, you know, in terms of the, the perceived value versus what I think of as musical value, there was a kind of more of a mismatch in my mind. There, there is, you know, you're, so you're kind of trying to, I mean, that's, I think that's the main 
topic of our current discussion, Nikki, is is trying to kind of benchmark where the market sees a value in something um, versus where your eye through our ears. You know, I think you know. I mean, the, 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 there is you know now that he has stopped performing, you know, there was a sense that Jarrett was something absolutely unique, and the number of people that I would find is, you know, that Jarrett does something that no other human being is capable of getting remotely near, and his, you know, the market value that he was able to command reflecting that and so on, um, you know, for his appearances versus, you know, um, other pianists of that you or I might think of as being of similar levels of, of, of interest and what we might call value, you know, that's, that's just, you know, there, there is a, I I think maybe people are more comfortable accepting market structures and hierarchies. You know, I mean, it's definitely true from the top to bottom of classical music. There is always a sense that, you know, there are these people who are, you know, you know, it's like a tiered structure with certain composers and certain individuals who are at the top of the tree commanding the most value and others further down. And people people feel a sense of comfort when they see a system like that. Whereas what we're interested in, I think, is to be just surprised by something that, you know, you, you somebody that you've never heard of who can do whatever it is that is extraordinary, and you come away thinking, how did they do that? <laughs> kind of, and that's the joy of it. That's, that's, that's the, the, you know, I mean, you know that there are people, you know that these people who have that reputation and that market value, but you expect that they will deliver it, and you hope that they will. Um, but, you know, there are, there are moments, I, I mean, I've written one, remember one writing one review, I, I, I wrote a review of Kenny Barron, um, and I noticed that two other reviewers had already walked out and they uh, wrote three-star reviews. He wasn't quite comfortable. He'd just been traveling. He wasn't, wasn't in a very good place. But then suddenly, in, in after they'd gone, um, some, you know, something extraordinary, and you could feel it in the room, happened. And uh, I started my review, Nino, Nino, with uh, The Weight Was Worth It. You know, um, that has no, you know, if, if, you know, if basically people who are who are there reviewing something for um, other publications choose to leave before the best bit, then, you know, that, you know, it is, it is, there are, you know, musicians who, who, you know, to our expectation that every single moment of every single performance that they live is, 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 is not realistic. We know what they do in real time inventing something in front of you is is a is a miracle in itself and for them to be expected to produce it absolutely all the time when there happens to be a, a scribbling reviewer in front of them is is not realistic you know that that's um yeah that, 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 sorry that's a, I've, I've wondered off what was your question <laughs> no, it's fantastic, Seb, because I really think, you know, I mean, look, we're covering ground from Mariah Carey to Robbie Williams to Keith Jarrett to Kenny Barron. And I love it because I just think it gives folks a really fantastic window into your outlook on music and why you are so good at writing about it, but also the way at which you come at it with not, yeah, with quite an open mind, a intelligent and intelligent and... Uh, I'm I'm flubbing words here, but 
yeah, it's your outlook and it's it's wonderfully broad, but yet you have all the acumen to write about this stuff with a sense of gravitas and a sense of knowledge. So it's great. No, I think it's fantastic. And I, and I love hearing about these examples, the Kenny Barron, um, and I'm going to go and try and find your, your reviews of Mariah Carey and Robbie Williams. And I agree with you about what you've said about the hype machine and how that really does permeate the way that we read these things and the way that we think about people and ultimately how we listen to their music. So Yeah, yeah I mean, great. I think that's the, that's the key to it, is that people are very often wanting to have their what they already know con- confirmed, you know. Um, I mean, there's a wonderful line um, in Gary Burton's autobiography when he describes when he was playing for George Shearing, and he said, you know, that what George Shearing taught him was that what people like is what they already know. And that, you know, that cook, that concern to have what you know being validated is is something that, you know, is just, it's comforting, it's reassuring, it's kind of, you know, it, and, it, and it restores the sense of, of the value that's that's there, you know. And it can take, you know, it takes years for, um, reputations and for and, and a lot of you know constructive work by labels and producers and managers and people in the background to kind of help value that won't that to be established I, I i i don't think i am an industry person i think and i you know i'm i'm i kind of rebel sometimes against um perceived perceptions of value i you know that that, that, that i don't i mean i i will gravitate to things that I'm actually enjoying listening to, you know, and, and, and those are the things that I, you know, will want to write about. Joy, spring and feather breezes A squirrel scampering on a leafy bough We're together now And life to me is such a wonderful thing When we sing and laugh together I never knew how sweet this life could be You gave your love to my heart is light and I can feel joy spring At last my soul is free The words of love that I had said were not for me Come pouring out with all this wild feeling of freedom I know that if we two should part I will remember, always remember As the season changes I know that in my heart they'll always be forever That first sweet spring that brought your love to me What a wonderful, wonderful joy spring Squirrel scampering on a leafy bough We're together now And life's a wonderful thing When we sing and laugh together Never knew how sweet this life could be When you're with me I can feel joy spring And my soul is free The words of love that I had said were not for me Come pouring out with this wild feeling of freedom And I know in my heart there'll always be That wonderful, wonderful, wonderful joy spring Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
What do you wish that musicians knew in terms of the relationship between journalist and artist or the the symbiosis that should exist? I hate to generalise because um, there are all kinds of different characters who have in, and, and different people in different moods and different ways. And, and I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ever want to generalise about a, a thing like that. Um, but if you could I, offer, like, offer tips, offer might maybe consider this. Well, I think when somebody when somebody's not known, I mean, my kind of standard boring thing when right when doing a first press release for an album, who by somebody who's never put out an album before and who is basically not known at all, <laughs> is to actually get um, quotes quotations from people who are universally thought of as being worthwhile um and but they're not just any old quote but the right quote from the right person that kind of helps to situate what they do um and i think that that is you know because it's sort of saying i mean i, I think always of, of um chick career bless him who at a very very early stage when Willem simcock was just out of college saying something about and i can't remember the exact words but just saying what an astonishing talent william was and inviting him into a festival and things and i think that that basically uh i you know it's william's career but the fact at that very early stage of having somebody of that kind of weight and significance saying in the generous spirit that is totally was totally Czech career, something very, very sincere and good about William's piano playing is enough to make anybody think, well, hold on, who am I? To, I'm not, you, can't, you can't argue with that, you know, it's because uh, that, 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 that's, you know, it, they're quite hard to manufacture that, you know, but, you know, there are, um, you know, there are, the, 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 I think it's worthwhile and I think that does, it also, I mean, if in the, in the, the business of self self esteem and, and 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 so on, you know, and I think most musicians would rather have a compliment like that from somebody they value than what would be the right number of CDs being sold. You know, you'd rather have. Um, I'm sure if you know, in your case, when you were more well, I don't you know, Sheila Jordan or you know, the late Shirley Hall had said something about you. You know, um, that would have been how many CDs would you not have sold to have made to have had that remark from somebody with you for the rest of your life? You know, these things are of value. And it's also a natural thing in this community. I mean, I've only ever found very few musicians, established musicians who point blank refuse to praise younger people of value. there are, it, it, it's something that's quite rare. And I'm actually sometimes shocked by people who, musicians who don't have that presence to, or that, that kind of generosity of spirit to big up somebody who's less known than they are. 
it's quite rare. Um, the jazz community does normally, people will kind of speak well of people they admire. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Seb. And in fact, it's one of the pieces of advice I often gave to young students, um, not just mine, but others, is that if you're in the early stages of, of um, threading together a biography and you need quotes, if you've had a lesson or if your teacher happens to be well-regarded and well-known, because as we know, so many um, prolific jazz performers are also fantastic educators, if they happen to be well-known, there's nothing stopping you asking for a quote, right? And they can say no, but at least ask. Yeah, uh, it's actually easier for someone like me to do it than for the musician directly. Um, that if you're in that role of helping somebody to get publicity, um, then it's easier for you, um, for me, for the intermediary to do that. Because otherwise it is a little bit like Kafka's hunger artist, you know. Um, <laughs> yes, although, although I do think, you know, if you're a young artist, you're clearly trying to build something and you're trying to, if you are business savvy uh, or marketing savvy, I should say, you're trying to put your best foot forward. And so I think I agree, with, you know, I completely agree with you. And in fact, I, I did that with uh, with Kate McGarry, who was one of my teachers. And I thought I'll ask and she can say no. And she kindly said yes. So, you know, for a while until I had any press from, you know, any outlets or, or writers who had a reputation, I had some really lovely quotes from my teachers who happened to be well-regarded, as you say, performers. And, uh, you know, I think there's a, a lot of value in that. And that's good advice as well, because we speak about the sheer volume of press releases and what is it that will help one stand out in a sea of them. And a good quote from somebody can help. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be the right person. It needs to be somebody who's actually... Because I think people will... that That, you know, people... Will normally there's a, there's lineage there's tradition there's passing on of, of flames and that kind of thing that's that's happening as well and that that's an important um, part of what the music is about the music doesn't arise um, completely in a in a vacuum um, that there are always um, antecedents and so on yeah Seb you have such a vast knowledge of not just the UK jazz scene but I would also say the European jazz scene at large. And I know you're always sending me names and things to listen to. And through you, I discovered Matt Carmichael, who's going to come and be a guest on this show, um, and Daniel Garcia, who is also going to come on the show, I'm thrilled to say. And those were both through you. So credit where credit's due. And I do always love the way that you speak about musicians in the UK scene, because I learn so much, because I don't live under a rock, but... I could definitely do to better my knowledge of scenes outside of my kind of immediate surroundings. I'm in North America, so that's that's what happens, unfortunately. Um, but there's a major attempt to expand here. Could you talk about some people or some artists that you are excited about and why and what we should know? People who you think are underrated that we should all know about? Any of the above? Well, I, I suppose... Um, uh... I mean, one, it's slightly out of date thing now. I mean, probably the thing that's been sitting on my, what used to be called a turntable, but is now a sort of Spotify feed. Um, there's a wonderful album called Contraband, C-O-N-T-R-E-B-A-N-D-E, 
by a wonderful French violinist who's called Fiona Mombet, M-O-M-B-E-T. She's kind of moving more. She's, she was Didier Lockwood's um, star pupil in the, when he was alive. And she, you can hear that. She also had, has an Irish mother, and yet she can hear that she's kind of gone and done her due diligence in seeking out Celtic sounds as well. So um, she's on the French scene, and I, you know, so in terms of, you know, if my 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 Spotify playlist would probably have that on it. I love the album when it came out, and I've gone back to it in the last few months. It's a glory, glorious thing because it's it's Didier Lockwood and you know it's it's that's I don't think that's demeaning to her. I mean, she's also I mean, string playing is another. I mean, string playing generally is never a level playing field. And she is astonishing. I've enjoyed uh, working with us a young saxophone player called Tom Smith, who's always got interesting. This guy, I did a, um, I have a, 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 a regular feature in the Jazzetic magazine in in Germany, and I did one of my columns about Tom and Tommy Smith because they are not the same person; they're from different generations. And the alto player Tom Smith is is an astonishing player um and uh, just one of that in that kind of naturally strong lead alto tradition it's just a, just a, a, a powerful musical presence so i'm kind of i mean he's done one album on basho records and uh, um, i'll be interested to to hear what he what he what he does next um there's a saxophone player who's kind of popping between new york and london who's called ruben fox who's just put out a lovely album r-u-b-e-n Fox, which has also got some more joy on it. Um, I thought that was a really strong album. And uh, the people who've done another one of my Jazzetic columns was done about the Kansas Smitty's people who are just, they haven't missed an, a single opportunity and uh, they're about to sort of move into bigger premises and things. And they've done all their branding and they've got a new album about to come out on a German record label. And uh, that's uh, and an astonishing group. Um, then there's a bass player called Ferg Ireland who's got a, a trio, and he's known the drummer in his trio since they were tiny tots. Their parents were teachers at the same school, which was the school that I was at, actually, back in the 1860s. So J- James Madron and Ferg Ireland together are quite a force. Uh, and for that, so, so that was a kind of linked remark after thinking about the um, Kansas Mitties, because Ferg has been a kind of sort of, of that. Yeah, you should be watching out for a young, there's a young singer who's just come out of the Academy, Royal Academy Center called Ella Honan Ford, who's doing a whole load of online videos and things and just kind of living with that, just recording, sending out live sessions from her house. And she's had both Giacomo Smith of, of Kansas Mitties and Kit Downs as kind of, house guests and though those two guys get on really well with each other as well so there's this no i mean the, this is the I mean, the london scene is 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 still is back back and and buzzing and there are all, all, all sorts of things going on i mean i i uh i hadn't really prepared that question um i think i think you are i think you did ask me to and then i just somehow failed to get on with it but there are you know there there are the discoveries but you know i mean every, every day is a, is, a, is a discovery of something you never knew and that's the lovely thing is, is is people doing 
finding their way into different music. I, you know, I, I, I probably spend more of my time listening to the older guys who I revere, but uh, there is, there's an awful lot going on. listeners to this will consider subscribing to the London Jazz News Wednesday newsletter and just going onto the website frequently because there are reviews, previews and more and the wonderful thing is it's great that there's music that you're enthused about because it means that there'll be more for us to read from you directly when you when you cover these folks in in any way, shape or form so thank you so much for for coming on the jazz session and the insider today and telling us about yeah the london scene the london jazz community that you have created and fostered and it's just wonderful well you said some very really kind things about me and I, my, my natural instinct is to go back and thank the team because i, I seem to get the way i be the i'm the one who who gets these praises and thanks but actually i know that i wouldn't i'm, I'm really nothing without the, the people who i who i work with who are just adorable and uh thank you and you're one of those and thank you and uh it's been a joy to take part in this and wishing you well in your new guys Thank you so much to Sebastian Scottney for being my guest this week on The Insider. 
I will make a note of all tracks played during today's episode in the show notes for the episode, as well as any other links mentioned during conversation. The Insider is a spin-off series to the jazz session that I created in order to chat to jazz industry experts about the work that they do and the musicians who inspire them. The Insider is available to Patreon members at the $10 per month tier in advance of the episodes being available to the public on all podcast platforms. If you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to head to thejazzsession.com slash join thejazzsession.com slash join to find out how you can become a patron today. Feel free to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Check out the Jazz Sessions YouTube channel for video excerpts of interviews with this season's guests. Thank you for listening. I'm Nikki Schrera and I'll see you soon.